Blog Talk Radio. Wealthy Sisters, the show that features six- and seven-figure earning women of color, tune in Mondays at 12 New Eastern Standard Time as Deborah Hardnett, CEO of Deborah Hardnett International and founder of The Professional Black Woman, showcase the triumphant journeys of these powerful sisters. You will be inspired, encouraged, and informed every Monday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Our call-in number is 347-838-9278. Today's broadcast is brought to you by www.wealthysisters.com, where the show can be heard 24 hours a day. And now your host, Deborah Hardnett. Well, hello and a welcome to Wealthy Sisters, sponsored by the professional black woman. You can visit us at www.thepbw.com. Wealthy Sisters is where we celebrate the lives of six- and seven-figure earning women of color. And our purpose is twofold. First, we want to inspire and encourage you, the listener. And second, we need to edify, promote, acknowledge, or just say thank you to the sisters for doing big things. I am Deborah Hartnett, your host, broadcasting live from our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., on the Worldwide Blog Talk Network. Today is Monday, August 23rd, 2010, and I hope you are as excited about your future as I am, because trust me, it is very bright. We are here every week at the same time as Mondays at 12 noon Eastern, so spread the word. Now, before we go any further, everybody knows, has been with us listening to our show, especially if you've been tuned in since the first of the year, you know we declared a slogan for this year, and we are sticking to it. We're believing it. We're standing strong on it. So I need everybody that knows that slogan to come in with me and say it right now. Here's to 2010, the best year ever. We are declaring it, so you got to say it with us. If that's the first time you heard it, come on, say it with us again. Join us. We know if you're at work, your baby might be asleep, you're driving in the car, you don't want anybody to think you're looking crazy, don't worry about all that. Say it like you mean it. Come join us. Let's say it together. Here's to 2010, the best year ever. That's right. We are sticking to that. Well, today is a very, very special show. It's a very heartfelt show as well. It deals with a topic that touches us all, whether we know it or not. We like to use our platform here at Wealthy Sisters as one that not only provides education and practical application, but one that most definitely provides solutions to any challenges that we might face today. There is a national epidemic that we must pay attention to. I mean, right now. It is easy for those of us who've never experienced this to pass judgment on it or to look another way or just not even to pay attention at all. But every day, three women lose their lives to this, and it affects 30 million families across all racial uh, backgrounds, socioeconomic backgrounds, and or the education. This is happening 30 million families a year. In fact, we recognize the criminal system challenges, the foster care, the homeless problems that we face. These numbers are directly increased by this. But yet we are here today with an awesome voice. See, yet the voice is not as strong. We've got one today that is turning it around. That is our very special guest, Ms. L.Y. Marlowe, who started the organization Saving Promise. This is an organization that's providing solutions to the epidemic of domestic violence. So please, this is a very serious show. We need for you right now, as always, to call, to email, to tweet, to text everybody that you know. Tell them to tune in to 347-838-9278. That's 347-838-9278. Or visit us on the web at www.wealthysisters.com. That's S-I-S-T-A-S.com. You can also mark us as your favorite as well. See, we are here today to introduce to you an awesome young lady, Miss L.Y. Marlowe. She is an award-winning author of Color Me Beautiful, a poignant and endearing true story about four generations of mothers and daughters that suffered and survived 60-plus years of domestic violence and abuse. The true story of her grandmother, her mother, herself, and her daughter, Color Me Beautiful, 
Academy Butterfly has won an unprecedented eight awards, including the most prestigious literary award, the National Best Books Award, and has attracted the attention of the mass media, uh, stellar reviews. I know I heard her on the Michael Basin show. She's been on the Steve Harvey. Uh, but the story does not end there. In the fall of 2007, Miss Marlowe discovered that her 22-year-old daughter was trapped in an abusive relationship, one in which the abuser not only tried to kill her daughter twice, but threatened the life of their baby girl named Promise. When the system failed to protect Miss Marlowe's daughter and granddaughter, she decided to turn her pain into a promise for change. She founded Saving Promise, a national grassroots domestic violence nonprofit to strengthen domestic violence as a national priority in the same way as breast cancer awareness. In her role as author, domestic violence advocate, and keynote speaker, what has been most inspiring is Miss Marlowe's story and timely message. Miss Marlowe has appeared on local, regional, national television, radio, and has been featured in various magazines. For her untiring work, Miss Marlowe was also awarded an award by one of the highest elected officials, which is the Governor's Award. Please, right now, make sure that you mark uh, us as your favorite. Call everyone, tell them to dial 347-838-9278. We also want you to know that you can visit us at the web, www.wealthysistas.com, and you can tune into the show there as well. And we are pleased to announce that part of the proceeds from the 2011 Winter Summit will be donated to the outstanding organization, saving promise. So after we take this short break, we will be back and be able to hear from none other than Miss L.Y. Marlowe. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Business leaders, are you ready to soar? Success is not defined by your wings, but by your courage to leap from the cliff's edge and fly. With Fortune 500 expertise, the Beatty Group partners with creative and motivated leaders, weaving structure and innovation for maximum business success. Visit us at thebatygroup.com. That's T H E B A T I E group.com. Or call the Beatty Group at 877 264 7699. This segment is sponsored by willdrake.com. That's www.willdraike.com. The hot new suspense novel, Bad and Worse, A Tale of Men, published by Permal Coast Publishing. Sometimes the only way to stop a killer is to love him. Available in stores November 2009. We are live here on Wealthy Sisters and so excited to be back with our very special show today. Our guest is Miss L.Y. Marlowe. She's an award-winning author of Color Me Butterfly, an awesome story that she's going to be sharing with us today. You can visit her at www.colormebutterfly or www. .savingpromise.us and that's colormebutterfly.com It is indeed our pleasure to welcome you to our show today. Hello, Miss Marlowe. Well, hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, I tell you what an honor it is, and I just I just got to say this is this is definitely a special show and a unique show for us today because what we deal with here at Wealthy Sisters, um, we focus on ways that we can increase our businesses. We promote and we celebrate those women who are earning six and seven figures, and we also want to make sure that we bring awareness to issues that are affecting all of us today. And I, I just got to start out by saying I was having a conversation with a young lady that I mean I just would not have anticipated would not have expected that she said you know what I'm glad you're doing this show today because people would not know this is something that I experienced and they are earning well over six figures and this is something that she had to really change her life around with it so welcome to the show thank you so much for being here and and just sharing uh and, and for what you're doing Thank you, Deborah. I, you know that that story that you just shared is one that is so common and one that I hear so very often because um, domestic violence touches us all. And as you said in the prelude to this, it touches every class, every race, every social economic, every income level, 
every education, every religion. And it also touches those that we least likely expect. Um, women, your audience, your target audience, women who are earning well over six figures. And oftentimes we think that because women are, you know, independent, have arrived, are doing their own things nowadays, running their own businesses, that does not preclude them from being affected by this horrible, horrible pandemic. In fact, there's uh, statistics that shows that domestic violence prevails, particularly, particularly in those areas of high income and class. Mm. Wow, that's interesting. That's really interesting. What are there any studies or reasons why or any speculations? Well, I think I think what the statistics shows and and perhaps even some speculation is that we oftentimes think that domestic violence is a uh a a lower economic issue with the lower class of folk, with people that grew up poor or live in poor communities, or people who or, 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 or who we might refer to as the have-nots. But um, but that's not that is so beyond the truth, so far from the truth, because domestic violence not only affects more lower class women, but middle class and higher class as well, because it does not discriminate. Um, it it really depends on. Um, that person and that family and that community in terms of what is going on there. And uh, I think one of the things that we, we don't realize, and you, you mentioned this in, in the beginning, is that um, it affects 32-plus million Americans a year, 32 million. And, um, and three women are murdered every single day, and three out of four of us know someone. So just because we may not be in it, I guarantee you that all of us know somebody, a friend, a family member, even a coworker, or have seen it. So this is a social uh, pandemic that is not only touching the lives of people that are in it, but touching the lives of, of us all. And then from an economic perspective, domestic violence cost our economy a minimum of $5.8 billion a year, $5.8 billion. Um, wow. And so I think we don't understand that and we don't realize that because we don't see this and we don't hear about it unless it is predominantly displayed on our news. If it's a, a, a celebrity like we all heard the story of Rihanna and Chris Brown over a year ago um, or uh, more recently uh, Mel Gibson, who we heard that story. And then we all were very uh, distraught by uh, the even more recent tragedy of Yardley Love. She is the University of Virginia lacrosse player whose boyfriend, uh, or ex-boyfriend rather, um, George Usually, uh, allegedly murdered her. And so it is unfortunate that the only time we talk about this issue is when it's in a news or it's a celebrity or it's something of prominence that we want to, uh, you know, uh, fret over or make a big issue about not realizing that this is happening to women every single day. Well, you know, why, why you, you've hit on some of it, and, and I don't really mean to kind of sound redundant here, but I guess I'm, I'm just trying to put my finger on just from the interest, just, you know, you can always tell from the interest of the show, what have you. Why is it that um, we don't take the time to really listen to uh, the information, or why is it that we, we turn our heads the other way? Because unlike other issues that affect women, you know, there are three primary issues that, that kill women. Um, one of all we all know is breast cancer, and uh, the Susan G. Coleman for the Cure organization has done a phenomenal job of elevating the social consciousness around that horrible disease that, that affects uh, women by droves. Um, another one is heart disease, and American Heart Association did a phenomenal job launching their Go Red for Women campaign. Um, now, those two issues, the reason why America has been able to empathize and, and rally around those two issues because they're medical issues. It's easier to empathize with medicine. It's easier to empathize with someone who has been stricken, unfortunately, by some medical disease, um, and particularly those that don't have a cure. There's no cure for cancer. Unlike domestic violence, which is the third issue that predominantly affects women, um, domestic violence is a social and family issue. It's an issue that's shrouded in, in silence and in secrecy and in shame. And so it's difficult for us to talk about this issue, particularly those of us that are living it. 
because it's, it's very shameful. Um, it's shameful to tell someone that though you might, for example, given your audience, might be a woman of prestige that runs her business, that has that's well educated, and that is that that knows how to drive and lead other people. When she goes home and she's living behind closed doors, she's living in silence and shame because what people don't know about her is that she's being either emotionally or physically or psychologically or even sexually abused. And and those are two different attitudes that that woman has to embrace. And so it's very difficult to show people that the facade that we put on out in the public, the face that we put on out in the public, is a very different face that we live in at home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is. It really, really is that facade, the embarrassment, I guess, that, like you said, that comes from it. Um, what what are some reasons, I guess, or or you could tell us? Let, let, let's talk about your book, Color Me Butterfly. I love the title of that. What what actually inspired you to write the book, and and how did you come up with that title? Well, that's an excellent question. And I tell you why, Deborah, because I was a woman of I was one of your audience listeners. Um, and, and others as well. But I was a woman that I felt that I was one of prestige and prominence. I was working in corporate America, in fact, for IBM at the time in a very senior-level position, and I was doing my thing. I was earning well over six figures and um, and uh, was, was really living what I thought was my American dream. And suddenly I became ill. And long story short, my doctor said to me when I finally found the time out of my 80-hour a work week schedule to go see my doctor, he said to me effectively, change your life or change your life expectancy. And, he, and, and what that means was that my work was killing me because I was so stressed. And I was living, you know, in a situation that was really, really dire to my health. And so I made a decision at that moment that I wanted to do and embrace what I've always wanted to do, and that was to write. And so I hired me a writing coach. I never written a novel or anything of of, of that level of prominence um, at that time. I, I have been writing poetry since I was a little girl. I knew how to do technical writing. I knew how to do business writing, but I didn't know how to tell a story. And so I hired a writing coach, and she effectively said to me, write what you know. And we've all heard that, write what you know. And so I sat down, and I started writing about the story of my family. That's what I knew. I knew my family. And I would go on to write the story of how my grandmother met my grandfather um, in the late 1930s and how they would go on to have eight children and how my grandfather would horrifically, horrifically abuse his wife and his eight children, oftentimes beating my grandmother and his children until they bled, forcing his three-year-old son to eat a dead rat for, for wetting the bed. Um, just horrible, horrible, horrible abuse. At that time, there was no such thing as domestic violence. And so later, when my mother became uh, of, of age to marry, she met and married my father, and he soon turned into her father, now beating her even more viciously than her own father did. And that abuse and that attitude would transcend the next two generations which would become my generation and the third generation when I met and, and fell in love with my first boyfriend. I was only 16 years old the first time my eye was blackened and my lips split. And that would now transfer down into my daughter, uh, who was involved in a very abusive relationship where this person tried to not only kill her once but twice. And not only would he try to kill her twice, but he would also threaten the life of their baby girl named Promise, the inspiration behind and why I launched a national organization to change the face of domestic violence called Saving Promise. Mm, that is that is a powerful story. Now, when you when you talk about the generations, um, you know, a lot of times we do have opinions or people, you know, don't see things or they do they may know families as that, especially we say back in the day. Some of those those behaviors were a little more uh, tolerated, or I guess the norm, uh, so to speak, or uh, I guess tolerated would be the appropriate word, just based on how women um, were actually viewed, or whether they were viewed as equals, or whether they were viewed as property. When you look at the generations um, that your family experienced. Uh, definitely yours is not the only one. What are some of the signs that 
some people can recognize to help break those, I guess, generational cycles? Well, there's a couple of ways that I want to want to address that. One is um, particularly when you come from a family of violence, whether or not you saw your mother being abused um, or whether or not you saw it happening in your community. Um, the statistics show that oftentimes when you come from a background or a history of violence, then you tend to become a victim or a perpetrator. And that is something that just is innately um, part of um, where we live, our environment. Unfortunately, we mimic what we learn. And that is why in my family it um, persisted for four generations um, because these men that we each were with were not all from the same family. It was the women. And so the reason why it persisted in my family is because the attitude that was passed down from one generation to the next and because of the silence. My grandmother didn't talk to my mother. My mother didn't talk to me. And I, quite frankly, did not talk to my daughter, not until she was in the thick of it and not until she almost lost her life because we didn't understand it. And this was our norm. When my mother had gone home to uh, her, her mother, when she first was uh, violated by my father, my grandmother said to her in her old southern dialect, Go back to your husband, that's your husband. And so you're right, there's certain cultural mores and certain cultural attitudes and traditions that oftentimes get passed down from one generation to the next. Um, the other side is that even if it is passed down or is not or is something that you learn, is a learned behavior from growing up in your family, it is also something that clearly you can recognize early on in a relationship. Um, there, there are signs that are very prominent. I think we as women, we, we love with our emotions. We love with our heart. And oftentimes we get involved in a relationship and we know something is just not right. But because we are so into this person, we oftentimes overlook it or we try to change it. Um, but I tell people that by the time it escalates to a point of no control, there have already been signs. In fact, there were things that happened that you knew was very uh, uh, should have raised a red flag and should have been presented as a concern. But oftentimes we ignore those signs. Some of the early signs is um, does he have a, a an aggressive attitude and um, and and is 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 very controlling in any kind of way. One of the things that I I talk to my daughter about because it's been something that I still struggle with her to this day. Um, is that if this person controls who you see, who you be around, and just want to spend all his time with you, that, that is a sign. That, that's not, in my words to my daughter, that's not cute. He should not want to be with you 22 hours a day. So there are early warning signs in terms of, you know, demonstrating a great angry or aggressive behaviors, uh, being emotionally abusive, making you feel bad about yourself, uh, trying to control you and your time, or isolate you. Oftentimes in a situation you will find that um, in some abusive relationships the person doesn't want her or him, because men are abused as well, to spend time with their family and friends. That's a form of abuse. That's isolation. Um, there's verbal abuse. If this person talks to you in a way that you feel like in your spirit is not right, then that's a, that's a verbal abuse personality that this person has and that's something that you should be cautioned against so there are so many signs early warning signs when you first set out in this in this relationship or when it first starts to happen that you should should raise a red flag in your mind and make you question is this something that i should accept um, one of the things that I said, I did a, a, a program on Saturday evening, and one of the things that I said to the host on that program was that if love shouldn't hurt. Um, we all are aware of a campaign. I believe there were several campaigns over the last few years called Love Doesn't Hurt, mm-hmm. and it shouldn't hurt. Uh, certainly there is no perfect relationship, but at the end of the day, it should not hurt. So if it hurts you in any kind of way, whether or not it's physical, emotional, verbal, psychological, financial, and particularly sexual, 
then that is not a healthy situation. And I would tell anyone to really take a look at their their relationship and make some decisions. Wow. That is some powerful information that you're sharing with us today. When we come back, we're going to take a short break. I'd love for you to tell us more about the organization Saving Promise and also the fact that you've mentioned men um, are abused as well. That's something that, you know, I I can only imagine uh, it's not talked about just because of where we stand in our society as far as the male is is usually uh, supposedly or whatever is labeled as the strongest person, and no one would want to know um, that a male is being abused. But I'd like to, to discuss those um, different aspects of it as well. So when we come back, we will return to the dynamic Miss L.Y. Marlowe after this short break. Do you find yourself overwhelmed in paperwork? Are you struggling with administrative tasks preventing you from doing what you really love? Then consider hiring a virtual assistant. Call M. Alexander and Associates Incorporated toll free at one 877 or join them on the web at www.iwillassistyou.net. Would you like to reach quality professionals? Expose your product and services to thousands on a monthly basis? Advertise with the Wealthy Sisters Media Group. Our packages include both on-air and website banner placement. Call our offices today at 1-800-917-9435, extension 803 or visit our website at www.wealthysisters.com to begin building your brand today. Did you know the IRS will currently reimburse you 55 cents for every business mile you drive? Stop struggling with mileage logs and start turning your vehicle mileage into cash. TrackLog is the first comprehensive automatic mileage recording solution. Turn this small device on, easily track your mileage, and keep more of your money in your pocket. Purchase your TrackLog today at TRAKLOGG.com. That's TRAKLOGG.com. Yes, we are live back on Wealthy Sisters with a very special show today. Our guest, Ms. L.Y. Marlowe, is the award-winning author of Color Me Butterfly. You can visit her website at www.savingpromise.us or www.colormebutterfly.com. She's been sharing some powerful information with us regarding the pandemic. I want to make sure I said that right. Um of uh, domestic violence. Did I say that word right? You did. Okay, great, great, because I said epidemic. Explain to us the difference, because I'm sure there is a a difference there. I guess epidemic, would that be more of the medical piece? Yeah, um, epidemic is more in line with the medical um, um, issue, and then pandemic oftentimes is more connected to social. Um, I always interchange them. The bottom line is that is an issue. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, you know, epidemic, pandemic, we need to do something about it. Amen. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> Gotta make it happen. <laughs> Definitely. So, so tell us about, we know you how you were inspired. I mean, that's the first of all, that's a beautiful name for your granddaughter. Um, I'm, I'm just such a believer that everything is in a name. I really do believe that. Um, and and so wonderful that uh, your daughter named her promise. So tell us about the organization and how you are actually helping people and providing solutions to this pandemic. Oh, absolutely. I, I had mentioned at the top of the discussion that there are three uh, uh, core issues that predominantly affect women. That's uh, uh, breast cancer, breast cancer, heart disease, and domestic violence. And Breast cancer, um, the Susan G. Coleman for the Cure organization, as I mentioned, has done a fine job of making sure that they raise social consciousness about this issue, raise awareness about breast cancer, get women to check their own breasts before they have a mammogram. Uh, Likewise, the American Heart Association, American Heart Association launched this Go Red for Women campaign, which is a campaign uh, that teaches women about healthy living and wellness and um, taking care of their hearts because that's the number one killer of women, heart disease. And so those two organizations have done a fine job of embracing uh, America and getting America to rally around these two issues and help uh, women understand the seriousness of these two issues and, more importantly, to raise 
uh, awareness on a global level. Of the three issues, breast cancer, heart disease, and domestic violence, domestic violence is the only one, the only one that does not have a national brand. And that is what Saving Promise is. Saving Promise will do for domestic violence what the Susan G. Coleman for the Cure and the American Heart Association has done for breast cancer and heart disease, respectively. And so my vision for Saving Promise is first to raise awareness, because I think unlike uh, the two medical issues, though there does not exist a cure, at least there's some scientific medical approach to trying to find a cure for those two issues. Domestic violence, there is no such thing. There is no such thing as we can cure domestic violence. In my opinion, there is a pseudo-cure. My pseudo-cure is awareness and prevention. The only way, the only way that we can cure this social pandemic is to raise awareness, raise the social consciousness around this issue. And the way to do that is to get America involved, get America to begin to talk about this. One of the first initiatives that Saving Promise is launching, realizing that that's the first step we have to take, is to break down the silence and the shame and the secrecy and to get people to talk about it. So we're launching, one as a call to action, one of our first call to actions, a campaign called Gotta Talk About It. And Gotta Talk About It is just that, getting people to begin to open up about this issue before there is another Yardley Love. Got to talk about it is getting others involved. We need to get corporate America involved. We need to get the faith-based communities involved. We need to get the school system and universities and colleges involved. We need to get women's organizations and men's organizations. And more importantly, we need to get the community involved. And the only way to get people involved is to break down the barriers and get them to talking about it. So we're planning to do that also in our first-of-its-kind national tour that we're kicking off September 18th, where we're going to 10 major cities around the country, starting in Washington, D.C., to Philadelphia, to New York, to Chicago, to Atlanta, to San Francisco, to name a few, where we're taking Saving Promise on the road. And we're taking this campaign, got to talk about it, in a in a a program called A Conversation with America, Got to Talk About It. Because the first place, if we are ever, ever to bring about real change to this horrible pandemic, the first place to start is to get America to begin talking about it. Um, And we plan to do that. We're excited about this tour that's kicking off in September 18th. Um, There's details about Got to Talk About It program, how you can, in your own community, begin to break the barriers and the silence in your own community, how you can also... uh, we launched the first of its kind social collaborative uh, site where we're inviting people to join our movement. By joining our movement, they would first sign a petition. We're trying to get 100,000 people to sign a petition to show our national leaders, to show Congress, to show America that people believe that domestic violence is a national crisis and need to be made a national priority. But in addition to signing that petition, we're asking you to join our movement by, by, by joining us in our social environment. Um, we launched a community called the Be Free Community where people can join us. We could talk about it. We're going to have discussions about got to talk about it. We're going to have people blogging about the issue. You can come in and network. You can share your story. So this is the first of its kind. I think that the Saving Promise vision, realizing that I come not from um, a industry of domestic violence. I wasn't a practitioner. I didn't even would not even say I was an advocate, even after I wrote Color Me Butterfly. Um, I am pleased that I come from a different place. I come from four generations of it, and I come from a daily struggle, even to this day, where I struggle to keep my daughter and promise out of an abusive relationship. So my vision for Saving Promise is speaking from a place of a personal journey and looking at what I and my family have been through and realizing what's really needed. And what's really needed is a national movement, a national brand to get America involved to begin to combat this horrible, horrible epidemic. Well, you know, we've got our chat room. They are excited about it. Uh, we've Somebody's in Chicago. We see you there. Uh, Cloud Nation Radio said, praise God, I'm in Chicago. What Do you know the uh, location you're going to be at in Chicago so they can, they can uh, hear that on the air here? Yes, if they visit www.savingpromise.us, 
um, there is on our homepage um, an area called Saving Promise Comes to You, and it lists all the cities we're going to be in. It has the dates and the malls. The other thing, the interesting thing is we're not taking this to a place where nobody's going to come out and or even want to come out. We're not taking it to your typical hotel conference room where nobody shows up or, you know, a dark auditorium on a college campus somewhere. Uh, we're taking this where America lives and works and plays. We're taking it right to the center of the mall. <laughs> I'm excited <laughs> about that because yeah. I want to take it front and center. I want to be in that middle of that mall, and I want to be yeah. talking about this issue, helping people yeah. understand, especially during this time, during the holiday season, when domestic violence is at its highest rate, especially during this time, take it to where America lives and works and play. We're taking it to the mall because we want to challenge this issue. We want to address this issue in a way that has never been addressed. One of the things that I'm going to begin doing, and, and media is either going to love me or hate me, but I'm going to challenge media. I'm going to challenge media, media to talk about it. We've got to talk about it, not when there's just a Yardley Love, not when there's a Rihanna, and not when there's a Mel Gibson. We need to be talking about this every single day because three women, as I speak on this phone right now, there are three women who may be killed today. And, and that is enough for us to say, finally, let's step up and let's do something about it. Let's talk about it. Wow, that's that's incredible. We also have uh, Diva D, who said that uh, this is Deidre from the Diva Lit Book Club in Atlanta. She said she loved the book. Thanks again for sharing your story, Miss Marlowe. So the chat room, got, we even have people from Michigan saying they're coming over to Chicago when you get there. So it's a lot of buzz, and people are getting excited about it. And the website, again, is www.savingpromise.us. And I got to give a shout-out to that awesome website designer, another one of uh, Dynamic Projects by Miss Sonia Williams of Shock Theory Interactive. I tell you, they uh, do some powerful things there. She's awesome. So um, I know that. Yeah, Sonia, I just have to say that she just brought that site to life for us. And yes. really, and I'm hoping that America feels the vision now. And it's because yes. of Sonia's vision that she's one of our one of our angels who really is helping us move this this legacy this vision and saving promise along Yes, well, Sonia's dynamic, and we we also have had the privilege of interviewing her and so excited that she's going to also be speaking at the Winter Summit uh, Conference and Expo in March as well. So she is, I'm telling you, you all need to go to shocktheory.com to check her out if you hadn't and tune into the show um, because she can really take your ideas and, and bring them to life. Um, so now you, you mentioned as well uh, earlier you talked about this, $5.8 billion a year it costs America. And you said you want to you want to get the attention of corporate America. Uh, I know the best way to get somebody's attention is through the pocketbook. And I think we kind of talked about this um, when we when we first met about your your charge to corporate America. What did you say to me that actually it cost them a year, I guess, in health uh, insurance expenses? Yeah, of that $5.8 billion, part of the cost of that is health care-related costs, the cost that it takes to, um, to treat victims of domestic violence, the cost that it takes to um, cover people um, to give them counseling and um, uh, other kinds of uh, social and medical support. And so this directly, directly impacts corporate America. Um, I think that um, you cannot raise the level of awareness without partnering with corporate America. I think the Susan G. Coleman for the Cure organization did a phenomenal job. In fact, I believe that they were the pioneering organization behind a, uh, an approach called, called marketing. Um, and what that means, in a nutshell, without sounding too technical, is when you go in your Walmart and your Target and your local grocers, everybody understands what that little pink ribbon means. There is not a product that exists out there practically where we don't see the pink ribbon that represents breast cancer awareness and even um, red uh, programs that represents um, the uh, American Heart Association Go Red for Women. That is the same kind of partnering that I want to do with corporate America, to embrace uh, saving promise, to launch cause marketing initiatives that allow us to get the hands in 
get the information, desperately needed information, in the hands of women predominantly that need to hear this. For example, an example of that is what if we partner with, like, a woman's feminine hygiene product? They could put information on products for women that only women can see. Because that woman, unfortunately, when you're involved in an abusive relationship, you feel trapped because you can't reach out to people for help because that puts oh, you perhaps even yeah. in greater da- danger. So with yeah. Corporate America partnering with us, we could partner with, uh, uh, you know, Corporate America that predominantly um, have women as their consumers, as who, who are their customers, and get the, hands in, get the information in the hands of women without putting them at more risk. And so that is what I mean by partnering with corporate America because unless corporate America get get involved with this, we're never going to be able to elevate this issue to the level that it ought to be elevated in order to really save lives. Mm -hmm. And I know we also talked about um, the the huge, uh, I guess, the area where we live, and we kind of attributed that to the military uh, seems to have a large statistic um, with this as well. Yeah, the military is one of the areas that um, particularly is this issue goes unaddressed or oftentimes unnamed or unrecognized. Because, first of all, the military has a code of silence in and of itself. And so that code of silence, unfortunately, uh, permeates down into families military families that is not allowed to speak about certain things that are going on in their families. I want to partner with the military. I don't think that the military intentionally creates a code of silence around domestic violence, but I think by not embracing uh, awareness and education, by not embracing ways that people, your, your, your military service men and women, can feel comfortable that they can talk about this, by not helping to raise awareness, then you are, in my opinion, somewhat cohort to that whole thing. And so my attitude is we must, we must, must, must partner with the military. Another area that I, I am challenging that I want to partner with is the faith-based communities. The, and I'll say church for a lack of a better term. I know there are mosques and synagogues and all those, but we want to, we want to, uh, uh, partner with the church. That is another place where there is uh, a code of silence, so to speak, because of the way that oftentimes the church translates the Bible about holy matrimony, encouraging families to stay together, and so they should. I would never challenge that. But what I would challenge is that the church is one of the first places that is not only the place that give people hope, that give people uh, hope in terms of addressing things that they can go to the church and talk about almost anything. But if families feel that they cannot turn to their church for fear that the church has a different interpretation of what's right and wrong, then that does not help us. That hurts us. And so that's another place that we have to uh, partner with. When I say Saving Promise is launching um, an organization to bring about real change. Those are the kinds of changes that I see as the founder of this organization has to happen because I can build a hundred more shelters, I can build a hundred more prisons, but that will never address the problem. We need to address it from the top down. We need to partner with the community. We need to partner with America, and we need to raise this issue to a level of global awareness. Most definitely. I mean, I think about um, some of the people that we know. Um, you know, you, you you daily. We don't know what people are dealing with, why they behave the way they behave, um, and everybody's background actually determines, you know, what we see today. And if we are not talking about this, if we have uh, suppressed it under the rug, or if we, you know, if we think, well, I mean, I'm stronger, or this, this, we really can continue to have those problems that we're having. I mean, I I know we also talked about um, how it affects, you talked about uh, the, the actual prison systems. We can keep building that. We can keep building the homeless shelters. What about also we talked about the direct impact on our foster uh, care, the reason children are put into foster uh, care as well? 
Well, one of the one of the most sensitive areas around this issue of domestic violence is its impact on our children. Um, unfortunately, um, one of the reasons why women oftentimes decide to stay in an abusive relationship, particularly when there are children involved. Um, obviously, one of them is because she doesn't want to, you know, strip her family apart and take her children away from her husband or her or her significant other. Um, but the other thing is that once you are in the system and there's abuse going on in the family, child protective services automatically gets involved. Unfortunately, particularly women that I speak to, and I speak from a place of personal uh, uh, personal um, experiences as well. Child Protective Services is not looked at as an ally in addressing this issue. Oftentimes they're looked at as an enemy. The reason why Child Protective Services is looked at as an enemy is because women fear that if they were to report this, there's a question, there's an unsaid questioning of how could you allow this to happen to your child? How could you allow this to happen in front of your child? Um, And so for fear of losing their child, to foster care um, or breaking up their family or being put in question as to their judgment, it goes unreported. And unfortunately what happens is that this child grows up in that abusive home, and this is what they see. This is what they learn. And, And unfortunately by the time they become an adult, they're going to repeat that history. So my attitude is Child Protective Services has to partner with organizations like Saving Promise, with not just Saving Promise, but with any organization that is addressing abuse in any way, and particularly anything that deals with our children, we have to find better solutions. Our system is broken. It's extremely broken. And again, I'm coming from a place of personal experience because I have promise with my daughter right now. And so I know if we did not take certain precautions, promise could be at question and could be lost in the system. So until Child Protective Services realize that they are not looked at as an ally or as a solution to this problem, but oftentimes more, more than often than not as an enemy, we need to fix this. And we've got to stop being reactive. We've got to stop trying to fix things when it's too late. You know, when some child unfortunately has been in an abusive situation and then that child's life is lost. Um, as an example, here in Baltimore, um, a couple years back, there was a woman who um, had gone to court. She was estranged from her husband. They were going through a divorce. She went to court. She asked the judge for uh, a protection order and for him not to be able to see the children because he had told her he was going to not kill her but the children. She went, to church, she went to court, and she said this to the judge. The judge denied her request, turned those children over to her husband. He took them to a hotel in Baltimore, and he drowned them in the tub. He did what he said he was going to do. There's something, something that just is not right when you look at that scenario. Our, our, our judicial system needs to be fixed. Our child protective services need to be fixed. Our... Uh, our, 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 um, our, our legislation needs to be fixed. There are so many pieces that are so broken that until we come together and realize where these gaps are and start to work together to resolve them, we are going to continue to see, unfortunately, small children like that who is victimized in a way that oftentimes they lose their lives. Wow, that that is unbelievable. I mean, I know my mother always told me, she did tell me this growing up. She said if, you know, if a man says that he's going to kill you or do whatever like that, you better believe him and uh it's that's just unfortunate that uh you know, like you said that the system is broken like that that the the attention is not uh, enough attention is not paid to what somebody is saying. You know, no one should ever say that. And who would say that? in jester if they didn't really mean it, you know. Uh that's 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 amazing. We're gonna take a short break. Uh we, today this is an awesome show. We have our special guest, Miss L. Y. Marlowe, who is the author, award winning author, I might add, of Color Me Butterfly and the founder of 
Saving Promise organization. We'll be right back after this short break, and when we come back, I want to talk more uh, as we talked about the male aspect of it as well and and, um, bring it to close. We have about 10 minutes left to the show. But thanks again. This is Deborah Hartnett, and we are excited to have our guest today on Wealthy Sisters. We'll be right back. Deborah Hartnett International, helping you design your future. We are business development consultants, your one-stop source for starting or enhancing your business. Our team of professionals are among the best in the country. Our services range from establishing your corporation to developing and executing your branding strategy to website design and promotion. We even help you with establishing your business credit. Visit us today at www.debrahardnet.com to view a full list of services or call toll-free 800-493-0339. Mention this ad and receive a 15% discount off our gold package. Are you an entrepreneur who is always running out of time? Do you wish you had more hours in a day? My name is Rita Cartwright, and I'm a virtual assistant and owner of RJ's Word Processing Services. Start using your time wisely by outsourcing your administrative tasks to me, your virtual assistant. For more information, contact me today, toll-free at 866-651-3073, or visit my website at rjswordprocessing.com. Are you seeking stronger partnerships to leverage your strengths? Need to develop more winning strategies of success? Ready to increase your knowledge in the areas of investing, marketing, health and wellness, and the Green Initiative? Then join us for the second annual Winner's Summit Conference and Expo, March 18th and 19th, 2011. Meet hundreds of professional women from all over the world who provide savvy advice, practical application for winning women. Reserve your space today at www.thewinnersummit.com or call 1-800-917-9435, extension 805. Yes, we are live here with a few minutes left in the show. Our very special guest is Miss L.Y. Marlowe, the award-winning author of Color Me Butterfly. Visit her at www.colormebutterfly.com or savingpromise.us. She's also, well, we say the organization also, we're proud to announce that the Winner's Summit is uh, going to take part of those proceeds that we receive and donate to this awesome organization. So we want you to go ahead and get registered. You can feel good to know that part of the monies is going to be contributed to this outstanding organization, and you can help us as we continue to take the word about saving promise to the streets, definitely. Go to www.thewinnersummit. That's winner like champion, the winner's summit that's plural the winners summit.com get registered today tickets are going fast we've got the vision cruise we've got the millionaire luncheon and you guys i gotta tell you about the vision cruise we are going to cruise the magnificent baltimore harbor that's march 17th through the 19th are the dates of the conference that thursday on march 17th on the vision cruise we have because we've heard the cries now we hear it we take note to everything that our listeners talk about and one of those topics are single professional women how can we date we're busy with this well we got a solution for you because i told you here we're about bringing solutions we got the dating game all right that's right the dating game and today uh ending today we had a special those who get registered for the vision cruise the tickets are only 69 dollars those who get registered by today by today only will get three entries into the uh, um, the the drawing to become a contestant. So we're gonna we're gonna draw the names um, for who's gonna become a contestant. We'll announce that on the show, and we are going to select based on your criteria three eligible bachelors for the dating game. So that's March seventeenth, twenty eleven, and uh, also make sure you go to the site so you can tune in to the rest. It's www.thewinnersummit.com. Now, Miss Marlowe, Miss Marlowe, I tell you. 
thank you again for everything that you're doing for for bringing awareness to uh, this whole issue and just your courage uh, that it absolutely takes uh, to do this. I know you have the book. We have it on the website, WealthySistas.com, where they could purchase your book there. Also, you have these phenomenal journals that you shared one with me, as well as your book, The Courage Journal, Journal, which is fantastic. Tell us briefly, take about one minute to tell us how those came about as well. Well, I, I realized, and, and Color Me Butterfly is not a self-help book. It really is a story about the four generations of women in my family, and I realized that one of the things um, that I wanted to launch alongside the book when it first came out was uh, a way for women to uh, speak up and share their feelings, even if they don't want to share it to others. And so my thinking, what I thought would, would help, what, that helped me during my time and also helped my daughter is that we, we, we talked about it to ourselves. We journaled about it uh, because, you know, we got to break the silence in some way. So if you're too ashamed to tell somebody else or you're too ashamed to speak up about it, then speak to yourself, speak to your heart, speak to your God about it. And so my way of doing that uh, by, by showing women how to do that is I also created a set of journals called Courage hope, love, and reflection. There are four journals, one for each of those titles, and each of them on the page has an inspirational quote. So it is intended to inspire you to write about whatever it is you're going through. If you need courage, courage to get out of a horrible uh, relationship, if you need courage to step out on your journey and do what you want to do, the theme of this this radio show is Wealthy Whoop Sisters and and uh, encouraging women to live their best lives and embrace entrepreneurship and independence, then perhaps maybe you start by talking about it, by allowing yourself to create your own journey. And it was always intended for these these journals to be used as a tool by women to help them to move towards their best life. Mm-hmm. That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. And two minutes left in the show. I didn't mean to not take as much time, but for the the gentlemen uh, that are tuned in, we know a lot of times uh, they are uh, in situations as well, or they may be children uh, of abusers and who have selected the life of to not to abuse, but you know maybe facing some hurt on the inside. What suggestions do you have for them? Um, in place to to actually get assistance and to maybe bring wholeness, not maybe bring, but to bring wholeness and to heal themselves? That, that's an excellent question. Um, one of the things that I, that I tout is that the only way we're going to be able to truly address domestic violence is to not just continue to focus on one side of the issue by, you know, rescuing women and getting them out of the relationships or whatever. We must also address the perpetrator. Now, again, both men and women abuse, but predominantly it is men. And so my solution for Saving Promise is to launch a, a uh, initiative that specifically works towards creating more resources and help and support for men. Because oftentimes, as much as we want to, and particularly me, who comes from you know now five generations if you count Promise, it's easy for us to say, let's just lock them all up and throw away the key. But that's not the solution. That is not the solution. The solution is also finding preventive measures, creating awareness, education, and also a place where perpetrators can also feel that they could turn to to talk very uh, confidentially and uh, share what's going on with them, why they feel that they need to be in a situation that forces them to exert power and control over someone else's life. So Saving Promise Vision is to... uh, not look at just one side of this issue, but to make sure that we address this issue. Likewise, there are men out there that are on the other side of that. They're being abused. Many men don't come forward because they feel that it's shameful. What man wants to call the police and say she's beating me? I mean, there's all kinds of masculine identity issues around that. Um, not to mention that they're not oftentimes taken serious because the whole cultural attitude around men are supposed to be this and men are supposed to be that. So we also need to address that men are also not just perpetrators, they're also victims. And so we got to find ways to make sure that they get the services and the support that they need so that they could confidentially seek help as well and not feel ashamed. Well, you have heard it, and we are going to have to have you back on the show again, Ms. L.Y. Marlowe. Please go to her website. 
savingpromise.us or colormebutterfly at uh, .com. This has been another great show. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you to all of our listeners in the chat room, on the lines as well. Please go back and tell everybody to tune in to this powerful show. Visit WealthySistersSISTS.com, and we will see you next week where uh, none other than Dr. Barbara Hutchison, who is a cardiologist. She's phenomenal. She's going to talk about uh, how we can our, our health can affect our wealth, and she's also one of the panelists at the Millionaire Luncheon at the Winter Summit. So with all that said, thank you for tuning in, and we will see each and every one of you next week. Have an awesome day. This has been another episode of Wealthy Sisters brought to you by theprofessionalblackwoman.com where success is inevitable. Join Deborah Hardhead, our host, next week as she interviews another powerful, positive, progressive, wealthy sister and visit us on the web at www.wealthysisters.com. See you next time.